Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Unpack Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Medina, serial entrepreneur based in sunny Southern California, here to help women just like you unpack their inner CEO. Whether you're a mommypreneur, Christianpreneur, or a working woman wanting to tap into the new and exciting she economy and all that it has to offer wealth-minded business building women like you, you are in the right place. Every episode is dedicated to mindset, wealth, and the faith factor needed to build a successful business specifically from home. If you're new to my content and you want to tap into resources, workbooks, courses, masterminds, a community of like-minded women that can support you on your entrepreneurial journey, head on over to my website, rachelmedina.com and click any button you see that says she EO and it'll take you right on over there. In the meantime, if you're not doing so already, please follow me on social media at rachelmedina101. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Rachel Unpack Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Medina. You can follow me on social media at rachelmedina101, and you can follow the show on Instagram at rachelunpacked. Okay, let's get into it. If you're not doing so already, you're going to want to head on over to my website, rachelmedina.com, where you are going to find access to all of the different resources, courses, tools, and even the CEO platform and community. Don't forget to on over there. And if you don't have a little bit of money to spend each month to be part of the network and community, you should at least add yourself to the newsletter, which is free to join. All right, everybody, let's get into this episode. I am going to be talking about failing forward. So often you see somebody on social media, a woman who is dominating the stages, you know, getting paid to speak, getting paid you know, to travel, maybe, you know, she's an entrepreneur and it looks like she's winning all day long. Maybe you look at me that way or my social media and all the highlights that I post on there and think the same thing. I'm here to tell you in this very candid episode that oftentimes when you see someone winning, they have failed many, many times before that win that you were witnessing. And also often what takes place is that people who are winning um, eventually enter a cycle of failure. And it's the part that not everybody sees, right? When you're on social media, you're seeing everybody's highlight reel. This is the highlights of their life. They're not posting all the downfalls and the downturns. And if they are, you're probably not following them anymore because you're like, ugh, who needs that kind of negativity in their life? So in this episode, I'm, I'm hoping that I can shed some light on what the journey looks like to building a strong, inspirational, personal brand. Okay. First and foremost, um, you know, you have to take it all the way back and look at where you or I, for example, got the idea to even be an entrepreneur or what made you sit here and go, maybe this is the path that I want to take. And for me, um, I, you know, came from first generation, I'm first generation Mexican on my dad's side and I'm third generation Mexican on my mom's side. So my mom's side, it was very American. You could actually read this entire bio on my website, rachelmedia.com slash about me. Um, but on my mom's side, it was very Americanized and um, it was more, you know, acclimated to this country, very, very American um, and just, you know, very on um, the good side of the tracks, so to speak. And with my dad, you know, he was an immigrant from Mexico and I think he migrated to the United States at the age of 17 and eventually 
uh, naturalized, which means that he got his, you know, citizenship and all that fun stuff and married my mom and everything when he was, I think like 21, 23, something like that. Anyways, they got married young. And eventually, you know, when, you know, when people are first starting out as young adults, they're just trying to get a good job and they don't always stay with their jobs and they job hop or whatever the situation is. And I'm sure the same was true with my parents, but eventually somewhere down the line, when I was a young girl, my uh, mom was moving up in ranks in corporate America while my dad always had this idea of what the American dream was. And for him, it was entrepreneurship. So it's really interesting with um, people that are born here, you know, in the United States, you know, Americans, American citizens, you know, it's almost like go to college, get a good job, right? Do good in school and go get a great job and then work really hard. And then that way you can move up. Okay. And with immigrants, it seems, it seems to be a little bit different. The American dream, um, is more about independence and, um, coming here and building a business, even if it's a simple little business and establishing yourself as, you know, a leader in your own right and stuff like that and getting a home and providing for a family. Okay. With that being said, my father became an entrepreneur, uh, when I was young, you know, I was about, I don't know if I was in ninth grade, maybe I was in eighth grade. Anyways, he built a business and eventually, um, and he did well and he uh, built that business with my uncle and eventually, you know, whatever happened over time and stuff like that, my parents ended up getting divorced and my father walked away from the business. And I just remember people coming to our door and like knocking and, and wanting to get paid. And it was a really difficult time for all of us. I mean, I'm, I was raised, I was actually raised as an only child, although in 2020, it was revealed to me that I had a brother and you know what, I'll probably dedicate an entire episode to that in the near future. But, um, I've been kind of just enjoying it behind the scenes privately <laughs> as I take that journey of getting to know him. But, um, so, you know, it, my dad hit a rough patch and it was really, really difficult. And, um, you know, my mom has gone through her fair share of struggles as well. And what, it taught me though, was, you know, I kind of learned, you know, sort of the upright way, you know, from my mom, uh, how to be a businesswoman, especially, a, a Latina businesswoman. And then from my father, you know, to dream, to dream and go for it and not be afraid of failing and, um, not be concerned of what others think of you and all, all these amazing things. Right. So my father ends up fast forward, you know, I'm married two kids and my father ends up dying at the very young age of 55. And, he passes away suddenly in his sleep. And the really just heartbreaking thing that really stood out to me that I still think about till this day is he died with plans. And what I mean by that is like, he died with a plan. Like it was literally, I spoke to him on a Friday, he died on Monday. And, um, in that Friday he was like, you know, I'm going to be getting a check and it's going to be $20,000. And when I get the check, I'm going to do this. And then maybe I can start a little business again. And you know, I'm going to get a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going to do da, da, da. And so he died with plans. And so often, you know, we wake up every day and we like have our plans, you know, but we don't have a guarantee that we're going to get to see those plans through. And so he passes away and I get this inspiration to start a business. And I was in the magazine industry, obviously I've talked about that. That was the bulk of my career. And I decide that, you know, I'm going to identify a need in the market in which I live and I am going to fulfill that need. And so I came from the magazine industry and media and all that, that was very lifestyle, you know, very sort of vanity driven and stuff like that. And, and so here I am, you know, married, uh, I think I was married like, uh, 
16 years, maybe 15, 16 years for sure when I started this business. And then, and then I had my two sons and one of them was a teenager at the time and this whole thing. So I started the business. I started a magazine. It was called IE Style Magazine and it did really well. It kind of took off, uh, you know, pretty quickly. And, you know, at the time, you know, I'm launching a publication. It's in print. I did something really kind of cool. It was like squared and glossy and pretty and it was kind of small it was like a travel size magazine that fits in your purse and the 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 essence of it was like the girl on the go you know and so i launched this business and we were in 100 boutiques and high-end hair salons and spas and the goal was and really we achieved this goal was to get into all of the area the high-end individually owned boutiques not like big name brands like gas or anything like that that you would see at the mall but like these really posh, high-end, you know, individually owned uh, fashion boutiques. Think in terms of like true religion and seven for all mankind, you know, those jeans that were really in style and coveted and that were like $375. <laughs> and so we were targeting boutiques that carried those types of luxury items and luxury fashion that was really off rack, so to speak. And we succeeded and we were doing it in a region that that this wasn't here. There was a regional magazine that even I was an, you know one of the executives for for a long time back in the day. And it was more of a serious, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, like the movers and shakers of the area. Like, oh, there's a new school entering the area. They're building a new hospital. It's kind of that type of magazine, um, a lot of politicians featured, restaurants and stuff like that. And so I knew that this area where I was, there wasn't a lot of like fashion and lifestyle and things like that. So I, I went all in on that and it did well. And I had a friend helping me out. Her name was Laura, Laura Weiss, and she had moved in. She had moved from Arizona. She said, I'll help you do it. She was going through like a breakup or something like that. And I said, let's do this. And we had a couple more people come on board and help us out and it was really kind of fun and we put together fashion shows and all this and the reason i'm telling you all of that is to tell you this my divorce comes along like literally my marriage just ends from one day to the next it's like father's day one day like on a sunday and the next day it's like over and here i am with this whole business and it was profitable but it was like the overhead was insane and it wasn't it's like we're just getting started so to speak but had been around about a year and a half, but it was just catching wind. Like literally we were doing these events and 2000 people showed up at these like fashion shows and it was so promising. And everybody was like, oh my God, it's going to be the biggest thing ever. And even had big magazines from other surrounding counties. I'm here in Southern California looking over the fence going, how are you doing this? It literally invited me to lunch, these publishers to sit down and sort of pick my brain, so to speak, and, and to figure out how, how I'm doing this and that maybe there's a possibility for acquisition and you know, but what would, the, what would we name it and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Then I speak to a lawyer and because again, the divorce zone and they're like, look, you know, he, your husband's been laid off for over a year. Um, so now you're the only breadwinner. Essentially, you're going to potentially have to be paying, you know, your husband out for years and years and years. And I thought, no, I mean, it's making money, but it's like, we're not quite there yet. And if I have to pay him, then how am I going to like provide for my sons and like, you know, pay the payroll. And I just, I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it was such a tumultuous time. So I make the very, very difficult decision to just shut it down. Maybe in hindsight, it wasn't the wisest thing to do, but anyways, I shut it down. I shut it down. I shut it down. So I feel like I completely failed. 
here was this product that everybody loved and everyone's like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. All these boutique owners were like, finally, something comes into the market. But here's how God works, right? I end up shutting it down, you know, kind of for selfish reasons and maybe, maybe petty reasons, you know, to be like, well, I don't want to pay him. This is ridiculous. Like, you know, he had had an affair and I just couldn't wrap my head around, like he broke my heart and I have to pay him. Like I... I just couldn't, I couldn't get past it. I couldn't wrap my head around that idea. And he wasn't, you know, although we get along these days, you know, now, you know, all this time later at the time, I just, we weren't getting along. And I just knew that it wasn't a situation where he would look at me and go, Rach, like, don't worry. Like, you don't have to pay me. Like I knew that he was in a tough financial spot and could probably use the money. And we were living off my money essentially at that time, that last year of marriage because of what had unfortunately happened with his job. And so Remember, this is after the crash of 2008, and a lot of times people don't realize that the ripple effects of that crash really weren't felt on Main Street. They were felt on Wall Street immediately, but they weren't really felt on Main Street until about two, three years. So here I was in 2010, June to be exact, 2010, everything's coming to an end. I'm walking away from my business that I loved. And it was my first entrepreneurial, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. And boom, failure. And really the business didn't fail, like the marriage failed, which ultimately it was a domino that just took down all the rest of the dominoes. Okay. So here I am post 2008 crash. The wave is now hitting main street. It's, it's about to be now winter 2010. Cause this was June. This is like summer 2010. And I am sitting here going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I got to get a job. How do I do this? Like no one's hiring because essentially the crash, right? And then there's like ego, right? Then it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want anybody to know that like, I'm not in business. What do we do? I had friends coming forward saying, are you sure that you're like, that you're making the right decision? This seems like not the right decision. And I just, it was so clouded. I just couldn't see there was way too many emotions. I mean, nearly a 20 year marriage coming to an end. I had, a, you know, teenage boys that were, you know, disgruntled in their own right. And it was just a tough, tough time. So business closes. Okay. Then I tell a story in season one, you could go all the way back and hear my story about how I got on my knees and basically pray to God, please, God, Lord, Jesus, please, 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 you know, bless me at the job, anything. I'll take anything at this point. Cause nobody, nobody in my industry was hiring. I mean, magazines were just literally struggling to pay the bills because they rely on advertising dollars. And, um, here there was this big crash and people were feeling very uncertain and, and they weren't hiring. And especially in my position, I'm a publisher. So, you know, that's the highest paid position at a magazine and, um, it's like being the CEO of the company. And so it's really, it was really, really tough. Um, they were like, Oh God, we're just cutting back and we just can't onboard anybody that's making that much money. And, so the fortunate thing is God answered my prayers and um, put me in a position where I was a publisher of several magazines for this one media group that focused on home improvement. And now I went from being an entrepreneur with my own team and all this kind of fun stuff to in a lot of freedom and a lot of sort of authority in the market and a lot of respect and you know all this sort of ego stroking stuff to like, I have a job. Now, keep in mind, you know, being a publisher of a magazine is a prestigious title when you're like in lifestyle and fashion and all this kind of stuff. And I listen, I had worked for really wonderful magazines and even in Los Angeles and throughout Southern California and back east and everything. 
to top bridal magazines, you name it. I mean, I, I've been there, but, um, and in between I had done little stunts at like direct mail things like the penny saver. Cause I thought I was going to move to this like country little town. And so I went and, you know, got a job there and then my husband changed his mind and decided he didn't want to move to that little town, but I had already given up my LA corner office <laughs> at this wonderful magazine in order to be, you know, the, the sales director, uh, regional sales director or whatever, um, at the penny saver for two branch offices and 22 team members. And listen, so what I'm trying to get at is like, I'm not too good, right. To, to pivot, but it was like, here I was at this magazine that, you know, I basically begged God for a job. He gives me a job and it was the most toxic environment. I even say this on stage. I've said this on this podcast, but it was a very toxic environment, but it was much needed. And I met everybody that helped me build the next business basically came from here eventually, right? They eventually, once I left, they ended up leaving. So I leave there, uh, break. I always say, look, they didn't, they say they didn't fire me. I say that I didn't quit, but we broke up. Like we shook hands and we broke up and, um, it was a very toxic environment for me. And, but massive learning lessons going from that job. And then I start another publication. And so that next publication was the one that hit seven figures in one year. And it did that year over year, over year, over year. Here's the reason why I'm setting this whole thing up for you guys is that when I started the next publication, although it was from scratch and it was a different type of publication, it was direct mail, it wasn't lifestyle, it wasn't glamorous, there were no, no subscribers and you just purchased the mailing list and you shipped it out every week or month or whatever. And it wasn't, there was no articles. It was just like junk mail, you know, it was like ads on ads on ads where I came from a world of like articles and editorial and glossy pages and beautiful models and all this kind of stuff and photographers and really posh events and everything. And this wasn't that. But I learned this side of the business from being at that toxic job that I've mentioned before. And and people made a lot of money. Like the clients made a lot of money. It worked really well for the clients, which is really important to me. And it made them a lot of money when I was there. So started my own and boom, seven figures. And the reason why I'm telling you all this is because it, although it start, it felt like I was starting from scratch, we actually weren't starting from scratch because I was starting from a place of knowing everything that I learned from the last business that I built. And hindsight is 2020. So when you're building a business after a so-called failure, you have to remember two things. One, please, please, please get back up. Like, please get back up. Like, even though you fail and your business closes and I had seen like my father loses business and I had seen like an aunt of mine and her husband lost his business. I had, I had seen that in my life and, and they didn't get back up. And so I knew that even though I closed that business, the business didn't actually fail, but guess what? It turned out to be a business, uh, I'm sorry, a blessing that first one, because the market eventually crashed the, 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 the fashion market. Right. And so that business, although I say, oh, it didn't fail, you know, I shut it down because of my divorce. And then I went and got a job. Well, guess what? It would have failed. It, God was protecting me. It actually would have failed anyways, because when I tell you that within two years, a year, actually 95%. So I had a hundred boutiques that we were in 95 of them went out of business within, within a year and a half or something like that. 18 months, 95 of them went out of business. Okay. 
So God knows what he's doing when he's doing it. And even though it feels tragic and like failure, he knows exactly what he's doing when he's doing it. So you have to trust the process. You have to trust his plan for your life and let go in a sense of your plan for your life and your vision. And sometimes he makes the vision come true, but not in the way that you thought it was going to happen. The how is always a mystery, right? You can sort of set the tone for the what and set your sights on the what, but how he's going to get you there is beyond your control and usually not the most comfortable way, unfortunately. Okay. So that was the case with me. So again, that IE style magazine, the fashion lifestyle magazine that I closed during my divorce turned out to be a blessing because 95% of the vendors that we were partnering with and through, you know, for advertising went out of business within a year. But by that time I was now, um, actually, but yeah, about the time that all that was happening, I then get this job and um, it was a high paying job, but not as high as I was making in the past, because again, this is like post crash and they're like, look, we can't afford to pay you what you've been paid at these fancy publications that you were at or what you were making at your magazine. But if you can take this pay cut and you're willing to negotiate, maybe we do a bonus program, you can come on board. Cool. Took the job, as I mentioned, then we broke up. Then I started my own magazine again. And on that journey, um, I learned so many things. And even with that seven-figure business, which by the way, today, while I'm even recording this episode, um, you're probably listening to this in 2023, there has been so many fruits that have come. And even though during the, the rise of that business and seven figures, we pivoted, by the way, from print, which was very expensive, $100,000 a month in print bills because we had a 300,000 circulation on that on that magazine. It was home improvement based, um, wonderful publication, very proud of it, beautiful covers, beautiful artistry and all that. There was something that came upon me where I used to pray all the time um, over this business because it wasn't fulfilling. And I just, as much as I was so grateful for how much money it was making me at the time and continues to make me even now, but um, and my team, but I knew that this wasn't it, as I've mentioned so many times before. And I prayed over it because I thought there's no, it doesn't feel sustainable. It feels like with this $100,000 a month overhead, it feels like something's going to give, like there's something off. And I guess my business instincts were this. I felt the, the sort of the, the trembles, the tremors of the 2008 crash with that one, with my other magazine, my fashion magazine. It was definitely a tremor that I thought, oh, this is going to break apart. This is not good. I felt it right before I closed it. And I was starting to feel the same thing with this business, with this new publication that I had for home improvement. And, but it was happening for a different reason. The tremor was that the market was getting really sort of confident. And um, when the market's really confident, oftentimes the advertisers and the clients start to feel like they don't need to advertise, right? They're starting to get spoiled again. They're starting to get a lot of word of mouth leads and stuff like that. And they don't have to spend as much money to make as much money. And so it started to feel with the rise of social media, because again, right around this time, Facebook is killing it. Twitter's doing very well. This is like a time where the emergence of Instagram and I could feel that the market was starting to get this taste of low cost advertising. And even myself, you know, in promoting the publication, I was mailing to 300,000 homes a month, but 
And that was very expensive, $100,000 a month. But then I thought to myself, what if I run ads for this publication to promote it for subscriptions to get some people to subscribe, right? Let me run some ads on you know, Facebook and this new, this thing called Instagram. And let me see how it does. And oh my gosh, it did so well that all of a sudden we had all of these homeowners that were, that were subscribing to the online version. See, because from the moment we launched the print version, I knew, I just sensed it, like we got to get innovative and we got to be competitive and we got to stand out and have edge over our competitors who were kind of archaic. And so I identified that if we were going to have a print magazine, let's do the same thing, but a digital version that's interactive and they can click on it. We can email it out, blah, blah, blah. And so we did all this social media marketing for it for very cheap guys. I think we were spending like 500 bucks a month. No joke, like $500 a month to market our business, but yet charging like four and $5,000 a month in the magazine to market their business. Okay. And so what ended up happening was I got to see, oh man, like they don't know what they don't know yet. But I could feel the tremor, like I could feel the, the, the shakeup in me, in my, in my professional spirit saying, ooh, this thing called advertising and marketing and print media is coming to an end. I could feel the turbulence. And probably 1% of our clients were starting to get a taste of social media marketing and stuff like that. So we started to see a tapering off of advertisers because the market was so good. It was on the rise. So they were spoiled and they weren't marketing. But then the ones that were marketing were starting to really open their eyes to digital marketing and stuff like that. So that we started to see a tapering off. We started to hear conversations be more like, well, you're charging $4,000 a month, but what can you do? Like, can we get it for $2,000? Or you're charging $2,000 for this, but can we get it for $1,000? So here came the price hagglers. It wasn't even like, can you take $100 off of that? Like in the old days, it was like, no, like, can you cut that in half? Or why would we spend $1,000 a month when, with you when we could spend like $100 a month on Facebook ads? I mean, that's the time in which that's what was happening. So I talk to the team and I say to everybody, hey, I think that we are going to make the pivot. We have so many online subscribers for the digital publication and the open rate was really high that we were having a bit, a bit of an identity crisis. Then I decided, what if we just get rid of the print magazine and go to full digital? Of course, half my team freaks out and leaves, like freaks out and says, you know what, if, the, if you're, if this is what's going to happen, I, I just, I'm very nervous about it. And I just don't see how I can be an effective salesperson for this. You know, I come from print media. I mean, it was very sad at the time because I understood that we were already feeling the, the momentum being lost because of what was happening in the shift in the market. And by the way, at this time, paper and postage rates were going up. Um, the printing costs were going up. And so we were getting pressure on all ends, right? We were losing pressure on the revenue side. We were gaining uh, immense pressure on the production side. So I make the executive decision to start the new year in 2018 as a fully digital media company. And whoa, um, here's the pros and cons. I made this decision based on instinct, based on market pressures, based on what I was seeing, projecting into the future. Um, and I, I probably was very early on this. 
actually, I, I can say I was very early on this, but I made the move and again, lost, you know, some really wonderful talent that was on our team because they were so scared and they just couldn't see it. They, they could kind of see it, but they couldn't see what I was seeing and they couldn't sense what I was sensing and they couldn't feel the tremors that I was feeling. Um, they were collecting their, you know, their, their commission checks and things seemed good and signing long-term contracts. And so I was trying to get ahead of the ball, so to speak. And, um, and ahead of the market, and I took the company and made the leap to go fully digital because we had the subscribers. So it wasn't like I was going fully digital, but there was like, and, and then still trying to build subscribers. It was like, no, like we had as many subscribers as we were mailing copies of the magazine only instead of mailing them, we just had to email them, which is thousands less by a lot less. Like I was paying $100,000 and it was going to cost like $10,000, right? Essentially to email everybody. So let me tell you, I make the move and obviously it's going to adjust the rate because no one's going to pay $10,000 or $5,000 a month to be able to do that. So I make that move and it was, it was a massive, it was like an airplane falling out of the sky by the end of 2018. And I could really feel it. I had two solid sales reps that were doing really wonderful. I think they were doing like $25,000 a month each still. So we're still bringing in about $50,000 a month in revenue. And and it was really good. It just didn't look and feel like the $170,000 a month that we were bringing in. So at the time, I couldn't appreciate how wonderful that was, <laughs> if I'm completely transparent. So it felt like the airplane was falling out of, out of the sky. And, um, and then, you know, soon after 2019, massive tragedy hits my life. You know, the passing of my son, which I mentioned in season one. And he's basically, his passing inspired me to even start this podcast. And you could go back to that season one and listen to, to that story. Um, and so then we're trying to gain our bearings, right? He passes away. At this time, I'm helping a friend of mine, um, Jennifer Murphy, essentially launch her lifestyle magazine and stuff like that. She was working on this um, brand called Go Girl at the time that what wasn't really clearly defined. It was like an inspirational thing. Um, she was doing YouTube videos and like a pink Barbie Jeep. And then she got into this like ninja video thing and got a lot of heat for that. People calling her racist and everything. So she was in a little bit of a PR crisis and, and, um, and I'm here heartbroken. There's all these sort of perfect storms coming together. And she says, why don't you, you know, help me, you know, create a magazine out of this because you know how to do that and we'll do it digitally. And because you know how to do that and you know, I can get financing because I'm dating this guy and he's super wonderful and he'll pay for it and whatever. And so it just felt like, um, something at the time that I can do. And then at the same time, kind of offset that feeling I was having, like the feeling of failure. You know, I failed, I feel like I failed my team in so many ways because I made that pivot. I couldn't appreciate that. Rachel, you guys are still doing like 50 K, you know, a month. And that's really wonderful. And when you think in terms of profit margins, the profit margins were way better, even though the revenue was way less, the profit margins were just good. And so almost really, if you look and step back, it felt like such a failure, but really in hindsight, if I look back, it was like, it didn't really have a massive impact on us financially until it did, until it just did. And, and the reason it did, and the reason I'm telling you guys the story is because I took on the next project before I could really gain our bearings and, and let the concrete dry, so to speak, on that pivot for, for, for that business. And so the concrete was still wet. And then I headed on over, took my team, resources, everything I had, everybody that I had on my team, and I started dividing their, their, their attention 
by having them focus on this new venture, you know, with Go Girl, with this brand. And we were all in, in a sense, you know, kind of, but still splitting our time and starting to, you know, try to, you know, figure out what we could do with Just Home at the time and, and with that, you know, with the home improvement business. And because, hey, now it's digital, right? So it's kind of less to do. So we can take on this project. And actually, it's a, it was a beautiful idea, beautiful project. You know, it was really easy for me to plug and play all of my knowledge, team, resources, contacts, connections with high-level women, high-level people. It all just seems so easy. But at the end of the day, I'm carrying the burden of like this heartache. I have just pivoted my business from one business model to a, a digital business model. The plane feels like we just hit a massive air pocket, lost some team members. The ones, the team members that I had moved them over to this other brand to help my friend. One year deep on that. And then guess what? The friend and I have a falling out because it was incredibly just, oh, I mean, I don't even want to get into it. Um, and it was just, it's better not even to speak it because it was just not good. And, um, so what do I do? I exit that situation and I do it swiftly and quickly. Um, I did it after one year. I waited exactly one year to really assess and give it time and give it runaway and give it true effort and true investment, uh, with my time in. And then I just went, yeah, this is, this is not it. I had to get to a point in my life and in my professional journey to really identify what I need to do and what I want to do and how I want to pivot. And, and then COVID hit literally, I exit January. I exit that friendship situation, January, 2020, (laughs) the end of January, 2020. And by March, like six weeks later, where the country, the world is shut down, the country shut down, the world is shut down. So here comes COVID at the time it was still called coronavirus and people were on TikTok now and, um, dance videos and everything. And, and basically what ended up happening was I started getting all these phone calls and everything from people wanting advice because here I was, I had mastered the remote workplace and I had mastered the the remote work workplace. I had mastered digital marketing and media and, um, I had really done well with social media, built my brands with social media. And then all of a sudden it was like, Rachel, we need your advice. We need your help. How can we do this? How can we do that? We'll pay you to help us. And let me tell you, okay, I'm telling you all that because I'm telling you none of it was a failure. All of it was learning. All of it was guiding myself and my team, many of which are still with me. A handful of them are still with me today through all of that. And we're out here. Listen, we're bumped, bruised. We're scathed. We have bald spots. <laughs> we have all the things, right? We're like stressed. We have more, more wrinkles, I'm sure, gray hairs and all that kind of stuff. But we're, but we're coming out the other side to be able to tell you guys, holy cow, all of it is a lesson. None of it is a failure. So whether it was my fashion magazine that I closed because of my divorce or that crappy job that I took because, you know, I needed money to support my sons as a single mom, you know, or, or launching, you know, a, a sort of, you know, archaic version of a publication and pivoting it into the digital age or helping my friend launch her digital magazine. And even though that's, you know, fail through and all this kind of stuff. And I think she's still trying her best, right. To make that work somehow, some way. But, um, but at the end of the day, all of it is a learning lesson. All of it is positive. All of it is working for our greater good because at the end of the day, here comes, you know, a whole global pandemic 
it took that silence. It took my phone to stop ringing and essentially emails and all the, the rat race of like managing this big business and doing all these things and to sit there and go, where is the purpose? Where is my purpose? If this is a global reset or whatever people want to call it, what, how do I want to emerge from this? You know, the Bible talks about giving you, you know, beauty for ashes and like the Phoenix rises out of the ashes and all this kind of stuff. It's like, how do I want to emerge from this? So I really understood that so many women were reaching out to me. So many from all different backgrounds, education levels, success levels, corporate levels, entrepreneurial levels. Um, some were single, some were moms, some were married moms, some were single moms, all different women. I mean, when I tell you I was on the phone every other day on uh, doing Zooms and phone calls and responding to emails, um, I already had the Rachel Unpack podcast. So there was that uh, those audience people that were really tuning in and really reaching out and looking for guidance. And many of them were asking for courses and all this kind of stuff. And I kept saying, it's not a course, it's a community. We have to do a community. Deneen was instrumental with that as well. And um, and so many people around me were just like, oh my God, if you could do this, it could be amazing. And here CEO is born, right? But the thing, the fact of the matter is everything that you see, if you see me on stage speaking to a thousand women or you see my podcast making top four in the nation, you guys, you guys made it top four in the nation for women wanting to launch businesses from home, getting interviewed on amazing shows like Start Empire Wire and, and, um, getting, you know, going live with Jackie Hernandez, you know, she has 5 million, you know, subscribers on YouTube and 1.1 million on Instagram. And, and, and that's just to name a few articles written in Canvas Rebel, like SD board. I mean, just so many amazing things have come since, since I've made the decision to get intentional about what I actually want to do. And guess what? Every bit of advice that I'm sharing with these women, every bit of resources and education that I'm offering up that's for sale, so to speak, all came from those experiences because hindsight is 2020 and because failure is the greatest lesson. Failure is the greatest teacher, okay? Money and success and accolades and recognition, yeah, that's the fruit, that's a reward, but the lesson, the teacher is failure. So the goal is to fail forward. The goal is to get up. Can you imagine if that first time with IE Style Magazine, if I would have failed and never gotten back up? Okay, imagine that. Imagine if I just would have taken that crappy job and then just went to the next crappy job and the next crappy job. Today, I'd be at a crappy job. You know what I mean? But instead, it's like I went to that crappy job, which inspired me and taught me to humble myself, by the way, um, to sit, turn the temperature down on my ego, to connect with people in, the, in, in that realm um, in a more humble way, and to move on and to move on gracefully. And let me tell you, that is priceless. You're not going to learn that with an MBA. You're not going to learn that by making a million dollars. You're going to learn that by failing forward. And Every single thing you do, if you have a business right now and you're listening to this and you have a business and you cannot stand this business, by the way, it feels like a sugar daddy. It feels like, oh my God, I got to show up for it because, you know, the, the rent's due. I understand. I have been there. And so many women that you admire today that you see on social media or that you see at conferences on stage, so many have been where you are at, including me. It's okay to break up with your business, by the way. 
It's okay to break up with your business. It's not a failure to break up with your business. It's not serving you. That's not feeding your spirit. That's not fulfilling you. The magic happens and the blessings happen, you know, in the breaking of the bread, right? The bread multiplies, right? You got even muscles when you're working at your body, you got to break your muscles, so to speak, so they can heal and grow. And then they expand and all this fun stuff and make you stronger. Don't be afraid to break up with your business, okay? Because the only thing that you need to be focused on is if you're going to break up with your business is that you're going to leap forward and start the next thing. And you're going to take all of what you learned from, from that business, all the, the, all the lessons that that business taught you, good, bad, and indifferent, and you're going to feed your next business with healing and with lessons and with problem solving and solutions, right? And you're going to take these amazing step, confidence steps forward because you're not going to step in the same pothole that you did before because you already learned that lesson, right? You're not going to get stuck in the same trappings as, as you did before because you already learned those lessons, Okay. You're not going to hire the same type of person because you're desperate because you already learned those lessons and you're not going to partner with women that or people that don't pull their weight, that don't contribute to the business on the level that you do because you already learned that lesson. Okay. You're going to lean into gratitude. You're going to be humble and you're going to roll up your sleeves. And you're going to do the work and you're going to be smarter this time. And guess what? You may love this business more and it still might fail you might decide to break up with this business and it's okay. Keep going, keep creating, start the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. If I sat here and told you how many things I've implemented and tried and businesses that I popped up and then shut down before they amounted to anything, I'd be here for another hour and a half. (laughs) So I'm here to tell you it's okay. If you're in a dead end business, it's okay to break up with it. It's a relief to break up with it. Move on, get a new LLC, start the next thing. Okay. It is okay. If you're in a partnership that's toxic, the person's not pulling their weight, it's okay to break up with them. It's okay to shake hands, say, I love you, but this ain't it. I got it. This is my one life. This is my one. This is not a dress rehearsal. I'm here to make things happen, but it's probably not going to happen with you. I love you. Mwah, mwah. Goodbye. <laughs> Next. I hope that this podcast episode gives you permission to say next. I'm ready for the next thing. Let's go. And if you need guidance on that next journey, if you want to feel supported on the next journey, head on over to the CEO platform. Listen, it's under 50 bucks. It's a membership. You're already paying for Hulu and Netflix and all these things to, to, to entertain you. You're paying for your gym memberships to shape your body. Get a membership to support you. It's a support community. It's a social platform. It's a resource guide. It, it has all the tools, articles, videos, coaching sessions, you name it. CEO has you covered. Let's go. See you next time. If you're new to my content and you want to tap into resources, workbooks, courses, masterminds, a community of like-minded women that can support you on your entrepreneurial journey, head on over to my website, rachelmedina.com and click any button you see that says she and it will take you right on over there. In the meantime, if you're not doing so already, please follow me on social media at Rachel Medina 101. Let's go.